Hi, this is Sam Lagana with the Los Angeles Rams. Who's house? You're listening to the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. Undenied worldwide. The Los Angeles Rams. It doesn't get any better than this. Let's go Rams. Good evening and welcome to the Los Angeles Rams UK Podcast. Episode 50. Would you believe? I'm glad to see that you're all out there still listening. And tonight with me to go over the season review, we have Rob. Evening, Rob. Good evening, folks. How are you doing? Very well. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good. And Aaron. Evening, Aaron. Uh, good evening. How are you, sir? I'm doing the same as I was last week. Thank you very much. Excellent. Jolly good. And Chris as well. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, all. How are we? I think everybody's doing all right so far. But um, obviously, the, the, the season is finished now. Um, so what we wanted to do was really make this 50th episode a little bit special, um, which is why we now have four of us on, on the podcast. Um, and just look at the season as it went and take a look back at the pre-season predictions that we posted up boldly on LARams.UK. So... Um, Right, we finished on ten and six. Um, Aaron, you were very optimistic on the season start. You had us at thirteen and three. Only, um, only what, an li- what an idiot! Eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a natural optimist, and uh, you know, you've got to start that way, ain't you? That's how I feel <laughs> at the time. Excellent. And and just behind you, we had Jordan and Tom predicting eleven and five. Um, and then myself and Chris predicting 10 and 6. So winners tonight already, Chris. Don't, don't want to brag about it. You know, you, know, you know me, Tony, I'm a bit low-key when it comes to stuff like that. I've heard that rumour, Chris. <laughs> and, and, and then bringing up the bottom of the pack is, is Rob hard. being pessimistic with, with a 9 and 7 prediction, Rob. What went wrong oh. there? Well, if you if you if you actually look at it, I'm only actually one game out. So as I say, I'm I'm, I'm damn sure better than hard. <laughs> well, that that's optimism. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it, Ian. Okay, now one fifteen next season. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! I think I think where I was coming from, Tony, to answer your question was that I I, I felt free agency wasn't kind to us last year, and I just didn't think that. The team was a strong going into the season, and that's kind of where my prediction was coming from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we was we was pretty tight as a group predicting, to be honest. You know, there, there was only Aaron out as an outlier, being really optimistic. Everybody else was 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 within one game of the the actual finish. Um, but I think what we want, what I wanted to do really was look at the the season in in two halves. I was going to say three halves there to include the pre-season, the, the post-season. But um, the, the first half of the season, you know, saw us going um, five and three, um, which which is nice. You know, it really pleases my OCD-ness that we had eight games and then the bye and then another eight games. And and would you believe that we went five and three and then five and three again, Chris? Well, we, we like to keep it symmetrical for your OCD, but I think... Like you say, and I don't know obviously how it falls differently for different teams and everything else, but I felt the bye week was perfect for us when it actually fell. You felt like that was exactly the, the, the perfect time during the season last year for us is where we needed that reset. And I suppose now 
hindsight's a wonderful thing, but when you look at it now, you can see that, yeah, would we have carried on and done another five and three if we didn't have had that break where we had it? Yeah, and obviously it was, a, it was a good start to the season, beating Dallas and then Philadelphia, and then we had what what looks like a a reasonable loss to the Bills in week three, and then we pulled it back against the Giants and Washington with another pair of wins. Um, but it, it was that loss to the Niners that really hurt, I think, Rob. Um, and that that I don't think any Rams fan likes losing to a divisional rival, but it particularly pains me to lose to the Niners. Um, but your thoughts on the first half of the season, Rob? Yeah, I mean, certainly that game was was one that hurt because if you if you look back to the third game in the season, the Bills game, you know, we, we were down and out at half time and nearly pulled off the the, the comeback of, of potentially you know many seasons, um, but it wasn't quite to be in that one. So as I say, going into that game, we could have actually been unbeaten, but it, it did kind of start a kind of up and down period, you know, for us as I say, and as I say losing that, that game to the 49ers, I think we, we saw some of the flaws in offense where the offense couldn't quite quite really get going in that game and then as I say thankfully we were able to bounce back the next game against you know Chicago with it with a nice win um but but then then came the big turning point game for me the game against Miami and I I, I think then you saw some of our real frailties um and I think particularly on offense again you know I think golf had a clanger couple of intersections couple of fumbles you know the, the defense was playing well but just really really couldn't bail us out and I, I think at that point for me you were starting to see some red flags you know um on, on other than the 49ers game and what had actually been a, a pretty decent start to the you know the, the campaign as I say it was it was one of those things where I think a few people had said and I know Jordan had said it in one of the podcasts that you know I think after the first four or five games he felt better about the team than he did the season mm-hmm. before after the first four and five games but as I say after after coming up against some tough opponents like the 49ers, as I say, at that point we're still very much in contention and playing some decent stuff. Um, they weren't just as riddled with injuries as they were later in the seasons as well. But again, coming up against Miami, you know, that was a, a game I think most Rams fans were actually looking by. Um, and as I say, I, that one really came up to bite us and really showed some of our frailties. And I think up until that point, I was pretty confident. But certainly after that one, I, I honestly thought it could be a bit of a an, an, uh, up and down road from then. Yeah, no, definitely. I I think, I think, as you say, a lot of people looked past Miami, and it, it did, you know, in hindsight, looked like a bit of a trap game now. Um, but coming back off to, off that 49ers loss to beat Chicago, um, I think that loss to Miami going into the bye week was was a bit of a wake up call to us. Um, Chris, any any other thoughts there as we run into the bye week? No, I think you're you're exactly true what you say. It was a we felt like we were going quite well. That we picked up obviously the losses where we picked them up, but that that Dolphins game was definitely a bit of a wake up call. And I think, I think I may have even said it during when, when we recorded after that. It was probably the right time to get a defeat like that. Actually going into the bye when you've actually got more time to watch the film and analyze that game rather than actually flipping straight into something else and not getting rid of those problems. Um, we'll obviously go through into the the second half, once we've done that, but obviously there is another, for me, there's exactly the same flip game in the second half that there was in the first half being the Jets game. Ouch. You've, you've leaped forward there, my friend. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I, I think you're right. The, the bye week did come at a good time. It was a good time to regroup. 
look back at what is a promising start at five and three. Um, but that Miami game did hurt, and I think a lot of fans were unhappy with that. But to come back out of that that bye week with a game against Seattle, um, it was good to get that win, I think. Um, well, I'll just interject quickly, Tony. Yes. Um, just something that hasn't been mentioned yet, which over the course of the season came more obvious, but it was it, looking back at it after eight games, um, it was it was happening early on, was the inability to carry through on a win streak. So yeah. we only had, I think we had, mostly ever one was two in a row. And yeah. that, that was the same in the first eight games. And it, not looking too far forward, but it carried on throughout the rest of the season. Um, and just to add what other people have mentioned on those two games that we lost um, against 49ers and Miami. I mean, there were games that probably, again, in hindsight, showed the weakness in our offense where we scored. I mean, the only other game we won that we scored less than 20 points was against, um, against, uh, well, I've missed it. Where have I got? Giants. Gi- Giants, sorry. Yeah, Giants. Um, so maybe there, that's that was a sign of the decline. Um and Miami had had us pegged basically in that game, um, but yeah, I think it's, it was interesting that we wasn't able to carry on a, a win streak of sorts. Um, considering really, um, over the course of the season, we we weren't terrible away. We had sort of it was four and four, four wins, four losses, and at home we were six and two. So it was just a weird, a weird thing to look at in hindsight. It, it, it was a funny season in, in so much as we were inconsistently consistent um <laughs> you know you, you're quite right that we only we won in pairs as the dallas philly and then the giants washington and then again with seattle tampa and again with arizona new england but I, I, the thing that impressed me was that we never lost back-to-back games apart from that jet seattle streak if you can call it, to a streak so we always corrected after the losses um and, and and but it was that uncon- inconsistency that meant that we fell to a to a wild card position rather than taking the division at all. And I, I I don't know about anybody else, but I, I I thought that the addition of the extra wild card places was both interesting and fortuitous for us this season. Do you have any thoughts on that, Rob? Yes, it, it, it certainly did. You know, obviously it opens doors for you know, another couple of teams to go in. So it does. So, I mean, yeah, it, it was one of those things where I think it was going to be interesting to see because right away from the start, we knew our division was going to be particularly difficult. You know, the, the quality of the teams in it were, were, were actually very good. Um, and potentially, you know, we could have had the three teams actually going into the playoffs. Um, I, I know it, it, it didn't quite turn out like that, but as I say, I know certainly uh, the, the the Cardinals were close, so they were. But yeah, I, th- I think it was a, an interesting development. And as I say, if it happened the season before, you know, we would have actually made the playoffs, which uh, we didn't with a, a, nine, a nine and seven record. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, that was interesting. And I, and I think even by the time we got to just after that Tampa Bay game, I, I think, oh, I, I certainly thought, and I, I think most people thought that it was, not inevitable, we had a good chance of making the playoffs, but we could have really done to have actually won that Niners game, and I think that would have nailed us on for the for the playoffs um, a lot earlier, um, and made us maybe a bit more confident. That Tampa Bay, looking back, sorry, who's coming in? 
No, it was just myself, Tony. I'm actually, I'm actually glad you actually mentioned that 49ers game because I actually watched a very interesting video on YouTube just the other day there about it. And as I say, obviously we're aware of what happened, you know, recently with the, the golf and, and the uh, Matthew Stafford trade. And as I say, I was actually watching uh, the, one of the coward videos. I don't know if you if you follow the guy at all on, on YouTube. Yep. Um, but as I say, he's, he's actually very good. And I thought he made a cracking, a cracking point about that game. Because that that was a, a then beat up 49ers team that was coming into SoFi, um, as I say. And again, I think we weren't looking past them. Um, big rivalry game, but I think we were very confident getting into that game because this was a Nick Mullins led 49ers team, you know. So we, we, we had played better 49ers, team, 49ers teams recently. And I think to lose that game, I think again, you saw some of the frailties in Goff's game. And I think, although that wasn't the start of maybe kind of things dialing up in the wrong way for Goff, um, that that was certainly one of the nails, I think, in the coffin of his Rams career, because th- there is such a big rivalry there that goes way back, as we know. But obviously Shanahan and, and McVeigh being close friends have that friendly rivalry as well. And I think the Nick Mullins-led 49ers coming in and beating us in our home tough really stung. And it was just after that, if you remember, you know, uh, McVeigh came out and for the first time publicly criticised Goff, you know, and speaking about having to look after the ball, as I say. And as I say, that that game, I think, was a real turning point for Goff's career. As I say, I know certainly after that, we actually won a couple of games, you know, we beat Arizona, um, as I say, and then we beat the, the New England Patriots after that. Then came the banana skin that was the Jets, and then the loss to the, the, the Seahawks as we limp into the playoffs. But yeah, I think I think that was a pivotal game for golf and a pivotal game for the Rams as well, as again, you saw some of the real frailties that we had on offense. Yeah, and that, that streak you just mentioned, can you remember like, just constantly thinking, one more win, one more win, and we're in? <laughs> yeah. It seemed to last about four weeks. <laughs> It did, wasn't it? It was just like, yeah, we just need that. Oh, oh, okay. No, just, just, we just need to. Win. Oh, we've done it again. And you're playing the Jets, oh. right? And you think, oh, they're down for the number one, you know, draft pick, right? And then they lose that by beating us. Yeah, and it was, it was that time of the season as well. But you're, you're, you're maybe putting the odd comment here and there. Oh, I'll see you in the playoffs. And then during those games, you're getting the odd message back, and it's like, oh, maybe gone too soon here. <laughs> It, it did feel like that for about maybe, maybe the last month of the, the season. We did need that last win just to get over that line. And I, 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 you know, I particularly enjoyed the New England win, um, that 24-3 thrashing. Yeah. Not that that is any recompense for the Super Bowl loss, but um, don't you just love kicking kicking somebody when they're down? Um, <laughs> it's nice you got the double, didn't you? You got the... Patriots beat them at Belichick and then beat Brady in Tampa Bay. Yeah. So, so theoretically, we we kind of have, have, we kind of won it, didn't we? Yeah. We yeah. beat them. So. Totally. <laughs> totally. Along with everyone else that beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, that doesn't count though. Actually, on that Tampa Bay game, Chris, actually, remember watching that. And as I say, I, I was less than impressed with Tampa in that game. I know it wasn't, we only beat them by the three points. But if you told me that Tampa Bay team was going to go on and win the Super Bowl after that game, I, I, would have been, I wouldn't have been nodding my head to that. Certainly. Completely agree. Yeah. In, interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a lot of it is about the momentum that you take into the playoffs. Um, but Aaron, do you have anything else to comment on the the last half of the season as we um, strode into the playoffs? Um, strode. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, just I thought it was interesting that the last three games again, 
probably, I know uh, Rob said about it sealed Goff's fate, maybe the 49ers, but week 15 when we played the Jets, only scored 20. Seattle, we only scored nine. And then Arizona, we only scored 18. So it was, it was something that when you look back at it and look at the scores and the fumbles, it's sort of, I mean, I, I've, I've been upset. I mean, you know I've been upset because of a jersey situation. Oh. <laughs> Not to bring that up again. You got one as well, Rob. Yeah, a golf throwback cost me ninety pounds. Oh. Uh, it's now, yeah, it's now in the bottom of my drawer. Well, at least it's all right. I've well, told fair, all though. of you. To be never fair, ever buy a, a jersey unless it's got AD on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, well, yeah, it, it's uh, at least you got a throwback, Rob. I mean, I've got the brand new bone jersey. Like, oh. be, it, it was a birthday present. I had to wait like five months for it, <laughs> and then the guy leaves about a month after uh, me getting it. Um, oh. Ouch! So okay. But um, no, it was obviously, uh, it, it showed so, uh, near the end of the season that uh, it was on the decline. I know you can't blame necessarily Goff for everything. You, know, you can't catch it and, as well as throw it, but um, it wasn't a good season for him. I, I like you actually flagging up, you know, the, the points that were scored kind of lateral in the season as well, Aaron, because I think I think that makes a very good point towards, you could see the 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 competence draining out of golf. I think, you know, to, to first of all, to be kind of publicly you know, spoken about by McVeigh for the first time. You know, McVeigh was making a statement, a point of statement there for me. So he was about golf. Um, as I say, you, you saw him reeling in the the deeper ball as well. You know, he was he was he was not willing to take chances. He wasn't willing to push the ball into coverage. And and and, and at times you saw him coming out the pocket as well, trying to take on linebackers and fumbling. I mean, I'm not being I think in week sixteen he injured his thumb, didn't he? <laughs> as well. So, sorry. In week sixteen, he injured his thumb, didn't he? Was it Seattle? That he injured it at, so mm-hmm. it may be a bit skewed there. But um, sorry, yeah. Interesting that the defense managed to keep the points fairly low in those games as well um, to give him a chance. Um, again, like in the last what in the last four weeks, we had they only gave up three points against the Pats. They gave, they gave up twenty three against the Jets, which you could you know it's a question mark over that bit. But then Seattle twenty, and then Arizona only seven. So, I mean, yeah, overall, the defence seemed to have done... I mean, there was a couple of dodgy games, like that Bills one that we had to come back back into, but um, I think they've done their job pretty much over the course of the season. Yeah, I think that's, you know, the consistent piece throughout this last season has been the defence, um, and that, that sort of kept our momentum going, even though our offence was, was faltering. Um, and, you know, it's not as if Goff had a bad season, but he, he he was showing his inconsistency and, he, and maybe highlighting a bit of his hesitancy towards the end of the season as well. And, you know, looking back, as, as nearly all of you have highlighted, the, the writing did seem to be on the wall from midway through that second half of the season. Um, so as we wrap, wrap up there, you know, Chris, do you have any last comments on the, the second half of the season before we stride into the playoffs? <laughs> no, I think I think it's pretty much been said. I think exactly right. It was you could sort of see the, the decline and, and there was definitely question marks from, from even the people that were backing off throughout. You could you could see things that were obviously coming to it to a fold. Obviously the injury against Seattle was, was where it was and then there was I don't think you would have ever had those conversations on would he actually come back in if he hadn't have had the games that he'd had previously, there was a, when he was supposed to be fit, 
you were still having the conversation actually was he going to be under centre which was he or not in, in the actual first in the playoff game who knows but I think you're right in saying in, in the defence and obviously it was probably down to the coordinator and that can be oh oh wait no he's gone as well hasn't he alright we'll get on to that we'll get on to that in a bit <laughs> just just hold your horses sir everyone but the <laughs> so I mean obviously we 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 moved into the playoffs, you know, just a couple of weeks after losing 29 to Seattle. We faced them again um, in in the playoffs. We in an unusual wild card um, sort of round. Um, and we, we came out of that game with a 30-20 win, which I thought was particularly delicious. I enjoyed it very much indeed. Your thoughts on that, Chris, first? Well, it was exactly as I was, as I was saying there, wasn't it? I think we, we went into that game with, with Wolford starting. He got injured very early. Goff, Goff came in and you could probably see within that that that's where the trust maybe wasn't. We may, we come out the game with a win, but the trust wasn't there to the fact that it was a very, very rigid plan. They knew what they were doing. There was no risks taken. And then we move we move forward with with the win. But I think you could looking back, and I actually rewatched the highlights of the game. You can actually see that there was no risks taken coming out of Goff's hand in that game. Mm-hmm. And 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 um, Rob, do you do you want to come in there as well with some thoughts on that? That, that... yes, certainly. And um, for, for me, it was it was the standout Cam Akers game, wasn't it? You know, I, I think he really shone in that one. Um, yeah, we, we lost uh, Wolford early in that one, as, as you said, Chris, and, and that was a blow because I would have liked to have seen more of him. You know, as I say, we, we saw him in the, the, the game previous. Um, I, I would just like to have seen a little bit more of him, but it wasn't to be. I think credit to Goff, you know, he, he came in, you know, just you know, just a couple of weeks after the, the, the surgery in the thumb, and he, he play, I think he played actually reasonably not too bad. You know, he, he carried the offence on the back of Cam Akers, who who'd, probably he did have his best game of the season. Um, and I think, you know, the, the offence semi-clicked uh, off, of the, off, off of the back of Cam Akers' really good game. And again, the, the defence stiffened up. Um, you know, we saw we saw the the the, the big turnover um, on the, the screen pass from Russell Wilson that got things going as well, and 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 things things seemed to fall into place where you know it, it suited Goff. You didn't have to ask Goff to do too much. He came in, he game managed. We got the running game growing. The defense was playing well and scoring points. Th- things clicked for us, and we got a bit of luck. Um, and as I say, I, th- I think I think rightfully winning off the back of that. Um, and I, and again, it was it was it was quite quite sweet, wasn't it? You know, to to, to actually knock out the, the Seahawks having beaten us just the, the other the couple of weeks before that. So yeah, it was it was actually a, a good and, and very very fulfilling game to to watch, as I say. And and I think one thing is as much as Goff had taken a lot of knocks during the season, the, the guy stepped up and showed a bit of tough, toughness. And I thought that was to be commended. Excellent, excellent. Aaron, do you want to come in on that Seattle win? No, I, only that. I mean, I, I love it when we play Seattle. I know you don't particularly like 49ers. I don't know if any of the listeners uh, know that. But um, <laughs> as more of a recent fan, I guess, of the last two decades, it's been more Seattle for me. So, I mean, we've always had, seemed to have good success against them. So it's always nice to watch our guys taking down uh, Mr. Wilson. Um, so, yeah, just, uh, I mean, Rob's pretty much covered it about Acres and how uh, Goff came in and sort of... I mean, he he had a... Imagine going forward, coming off of an injury like that. If he knew the writing was on the wall, he probably had to show some toughness to his next employer, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, 
it, w- it wouldn't have been probably. I mean, I, I don't know. Would it have been as good for him if he just whimpered out uh, you know, the season, didn't play in the playoffs? I don't know. Would the would Detroit still gone for him? I mean, the fact that he came out and managed to win the game still um, probably done him some favours. To be fair, I mean, do you reckon the decision was already made at that point? Um, I, I I have no idea to be honest. Because I mean, I. I, I I'm very much of a home team fan. I will always back the players on the field. And as much as I can look back now and say that, you know, Goff, it's it's fairly obvious that Goff was becoming more inconsistent and probably wasn't the player to take us forward. You know, he's, he's I, I did this during the trade podcast that we did a couple of weeks ago. You know, if you look at his stats... You can compare him to the the four seasons that Kurt Warner had with us when he took us to two Super Bowls, and you know he 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 has been a good quarterback for us, um, but we needed to move on to take to the next level, and I'm 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 happy to move forward with Matthew Stafford, uh, but we are jumping ahead of ourselves and and going back in time as well because we we have covered uh-huh. this in some depth in a full podcast. Well, I was going to uh, say. Tony, I was quite looking forward to. I felt bad for Wolford when he got injured because yeah. I'm, I'm one of these that gets on board with the underdog almost instantly. <laughs> so I almost turned on Goff and was like, right, no, Wolford, Wolford all the way. He's the future type thing. And I think I remember back in Fisher days when he got sacked, I was like, it's all about Coach Bones. Let Bones take over. <laughs> and that was a bad decision. Oh, um, you, you, but, you, uh, you're a good man, Aaron. That's you're the optimism. Man. I just think it anyone is. can do it, and uh, they unfortunately can't. But um, I mean, Wolford's still on the books, isn't he, for next season? He is. So, yes, he is. Indeed. He's going to so be number sixteen. Uh, yeah, <laughs> because I think someone else might be taking the number nine. <laughs> well, uh, do, do, don't the NFL players actually make people pay for the number? That... They have to. The person that wants the number has to pay the person who has the number. Yes. So, yeah. and and quite famously, Mr. Brady paid Chris Godwin a serious amount of money for the number 12. Did he now? Yeah. Oh, that's his brand, doesn't it? He's got him, like, when you're yeah. as big as he is. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we, we, we did stomp over Seattle on their own home turf, uh, which gave us the game away to Green Bay, which I, I was never particularly comfortable with or confident about. Um, playoffs, January away to Green Bay weather. Um, obviously, in hindsight, you know we can see there's a thirty-two eighteen loss, and I think fairly early on in the game, you could see it wasn't going to be our day. But I mean, what were your th- thoughts on that, Rob? Both pre-game and as we went into it. Do you know there was so many red flags, guys? Wasn't there? You know the the, the one thing that the, the the history of this team recently doesn't play well in cold weather, and we knew we were going to be dealing with that right away. But to to be honest with you, the, the game didn't go like I expected. You know, it was almost touted to be this. You know, this, this defense versus offense. You know, and and that that was how I kind of saw it going into it. You know, very much hoping that our defense could stymie their offense, and then hopefully our offense could just do enough to win the game. Um, but we never really got the chance. I mean, I think certainly, you know, you, you saw in the first half we, we couldn't stop. We simply couldn't stop the Packers. Um, Aaron Rodgers was having his, uh, his way with us. You know, as I say, moving the ball quite fluently. Um, as I say, it was it was one of those nights where you just you, you saw how the game was going. 
the game was 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 by half time going into a shootout, and, and we weren't a team that then built to actually win a shootout. Granted, we came out in the second half. The, the defense did kind of make adjustments, slowed you know the Packers down. Goff didn't play too bad, you know. We we saw some decent stuff out of the offense, Robert Woods included. Um, but and again, Carmakers didn't have a bad day. Didn't have the, the kind of day he had against Seattle, though. But we, we did enough in the second half to to keep it honest. But you, you saw we never really got close to them, and I think sadly on the day, I think the better team won. Yep, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, pretty much what Rob says. It's when watching it, you sort of. I mean, I know we we've had this record going throughout the season of being up at half-time. And I think that still stands, doesn't it? At the moment, if we're winning at half-time, it would yeah. go on to win the game. 473 um, games on the trot, I think it is. <laughs> 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 that is a fun fact. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it never seemed like we were going to take the lead in this one. It just, um, it was like, it was agonisingly slowly creeping away from us <laughs> sort yeah. of thing. Like Rob said, golf. You know, in terms of ratings, um, quarterback ratings, he basically had the same as Rogers did. You know, he completed, I've got here, 21 out of 27, through for 174 yards. He, 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 you know, it was okay. And Acres just short of 100 yards. But yeah, it just didn't really feel like we were in it, really. And I mean, I can't, I haven't looked back on it for a while now. So there's probably certain plays that I'm um, throughout the season, the call playing was a bit suspect or something on McVeigh's part. But yeah, just we just weren't in it. I don't think. Yeah, I think those sixteen points in the second quarter by Green Bay went, went to our responsibility. Seven, you know, I think that put what was that nineteen ten at, at the half, and that, I think that put paid to my optimism for the game. Um, Chris, your thoughts on that bow out for the season? Yeah, I think we definitely weren't at the races, but I think, and again, apologies, I keep jumping ahead, but. I think this kind of put the nail in the coffin for quite a few people that have exited, as in in the coaching staff. I think this was actually looked at to the fact that this could have been our opportunity to actually get past this team, to actually progress a little bit further. And actually, we didn't put it up or actually didn't do good enough. And it probably we were outcoached. And that mm-hmm. might be because of the way that, that the four knew what they potentially was going to do. But actually, there was no, there was no real change from anybody else on that sideline. And I think that game, for the fact that we didn't feel like there was nothing there, and you don't, we all aren't privy to what's being said on the sideline, but they didn't feel like there was anybody smashing heads together and saying, come on, let's go forward and do it again. And maybe that is what is where we are now in, in, in the, the sort of changes of names that are going to be in the coordinator roles could have had quite a big an effect on that. And, I think it's it all everything sort of comes to a fold, doesn't it? And I think that could have been the the nail in the coffin for a few of them. Quite possibly. So I mean, that sort of wraps up the season for us. Um, in the end, possibly a disappointing season, but I, I think it's a success as well because uh, you know we made the playoffs for the third season out of four. Um, which I, I think is still building the fan base and building the brand within Los Angeles and California. So we need to build on that success. So as as much as it was disappointing, I'm fairly happy with the, the season and how it went. Um, I'm even more happy with how the off season has gone already. Um, so, I mean, 
this leads us, I think, into the the weekly competition, the the, the prediction competition we had between the Los Angeles Rams UK team, where we we tried to predict the results of all of the Sky games. Um, so, Aaron, you've been the the games master on this. Yeah. Um, who won this competition? Well, do you want to? Um, what's the prize again, Tony? Well, it was an all expenses paid trip, okay. wasn't it? According to Chris, the prize was an all-expenses-paid trip to Los Angeles for the coming 2021 season. So Chris must be on tenterhooks to see if he's he's in win- yeah. the winning seat here. Is there a loser award as well? I'm, I'm interested to know. I don't think there's a winner. <laughs> why, why are you interested to know? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, unless I've gone horribly wrong in uh, Excel... <laughs> uh, which is poss- it's a possibility but I don't think so but throughout the season it was kind of close and then a certain couple of people started creeping away uh, Chris and Jordan uh, to name the two and uh, a couple of people started well you did start off very well Tony I've got to admit but mm. you sort of came came back quite well so we're doing it in order of the losers to the to the to winner so at the bottom of the pack this is include including all the way up to the Super Bowl we got on oh, 56 points apiece, me and Tom. Oh. Yeah, me and Tom. And I think at some stage, both of us didn't put a, on one week, we forgot to put in or just didn't get it in on time. Uh, which, yeah, I mean, but to be fair, even with that win, we still would have been on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next, uh, next up is Tony, 59 points. Woohoo! There you are, which is officially, uh, I guess what, fourth place. Um, and then, Rob, you are one ahead with 60 points. Yay. Where'd I get and the bronze medal? In second place and first place is Chris and Jordan on 67. They're both on 67? It's both on 67. So that's two all expenses paid trips to America. I get someone to go with. Cheers, I, Tony. I, I don't think that's how it works, actually. No. We, we have to have a clear winner. You know, you can't have... That was joint... in the get-out clause oh, of the contract. Did you not read the terms and conditions, Chris? <laughs> Nobody reads tie, them. It's void with a tie. An amateur mistake. An amateur mistake, Chris. That's so... Guys, isn't that, you know, I mean, we have to do this professionally, so obviously it's, it's heads or tails, Chris. <laughs> Rob, Rob, <laughs> we need to have a chat, Rob. <laughs> Tails never fails. Well, unfortunately, oh, is it heads by any chance? Unfortunately, we only have one of you on on the on the call, so it's it's not fair uh, to do that without the other party here. Unbelievable, Jeff. So, so <laughs> let's Hi. move on from this complete debacle. <laughs> And, and let's move on. Let's move on from this complete waste of our time for twenty weeks. Well, I, I was going to say to, to Chris because I, I did think Chris had won actually in my head. I was going to say, Chris, if you want to read out your your long card number from your debit card and then flip <laughs> it over and give me the three digit number, I'll, I'll be happy to deposit some money into your account. If you were paying for me to go to LA, I'd give it you. <laughs> Moving right. swiftly on, <laughs> and we did chat about this um, via the Twitter message group earlier today, but the 
the Rams' most valuable player for the season. Um, I did start making a gibbet for anybody who didn't pick Aaron Donald as, as our most valuable player. Um, but then somebody suggested, I can't remember if it was Aaron or, or was it you, Chris? Okay, you're quick, you're quick to take um, responsibility <laughs> there, saying um, who would we pick apart from Aaron Donald? And it seems that you've been so quick and lippy there, Chris. Who would you pick as our most valuable player apart from Mr. Donald? Uh, I will pick Darius Williams. Cool. Um, to the, I think he had a standout season. I think he's proved his worth to the fact that he will be in that backfield next year without a shadow of a doubt. I think he's sort of what the next one you sort of put on the team sheet. Um, I think he was superb. He, he was, you were able to trust him where he was. It didn't matter which side of the ball he was on. And with having uh, Ramsey on the other side, he was didn't matter which side he was putting him on. It didn't really make a difference to him. And some of the standout plays that he made, I think he, he's got to be the one that, one for me. Excellent. Aaron? That's a good shout, Chris. I like that. Didn't even think of him. But uh, I'm going the other side, which is a go with Ramsey, the man that makes everyone else's games. Uh, step up and keeps the opposition quiet. What else is there to say about Ramsey? Eh? Excellent. To be, to be fair, I, I, I mean, obviously I put in AD ninety nine as my MVP, but I mean, my second thought was was Jalen Ramsey as well. So I mean, where, where do where do you stand there, Rob? Yeah, I was the same, guys. I think with, without a doubt, I think there's a reason, you know, that, that Donald and Ramsey are going to the Pro Bowl. So for, for me, if it's not Aaron Donald, who would be my first pick? It would be, be Jalen. I think you, you saw the, the, the absolute star receivers that he had in his pocket in some of these games. Um, he's just an unbelievable talent, isn't he? Isn't it? And um, a bargain price at, what was it, two first-round picks? Uh, <laughs> 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 but I mean, it, you know, a proven talent in the squad producing rather than waiting three or four seasons for them to come to fruition. And yeah, if they do at all, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, yeah, we, we've gone over the, the policy of the, the Rams acquiring um, quality talent um, as opposed to trying to pick them. And obviously Jared Goff was our last first round pick back in, oh, Craigie, was it 2016? 2016. And wasn't the um, the Valentine's poem twenty ninety two until we get another first round pick? <laughs> I don't I don't know who wrote that, but I absolutely love that. I've actually been invited onto a I think it might be a podcast in April by someone that's trying to get all of the UK fan bases for the teams to a draft chat. And I said to the guy, I'm I'm not sure I'm quite happy to have a chat. But I'm not sure we've got a draft pick till day 14 of the draft, so I'm not sure what, what input I can put. If I'm truthfully honest with you, and it, there was a few jests, but no. No, but I don't yeah, know. it's a different I, 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 way we do it. I think the draft um, UK draft mock that we did was it must be nearly three years ago that Aaron and I went down to mm. in, in was it Leicester Square Casino? Yeah, Empire Casino. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that was a good laugh, and I'd, I'd love to be able to do that again physically, actually be in the room and do that type of I think you draft. actually enjoyed yourself with a 49ers fan as well. It was at our table, from Ooh. my memory. Wow. Oh, that was hard work. That was hard work. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, he got was, up and went halfway through it. <laughs> that wasn't a <laughs> smile. Really it was it. a grimace. <laughs> but um, We yeah. had Jordan feeding us the uh, the real 
the real deal players, then we were just sort of sat there looking pretty and drinking some beer. <laughs> what? <laughs> sat there doing what? Oh yeah, three years has uh, not been good for us too. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, obviously, you know, I, mean, I, th- I think the the defensive players are are the MVP. Full stop. Um, and that was good. But what about the rookies this season? Um, Akers, Van Jefferson, Jordan Fuller. Um, I'd forgotten that Sam Sloman was was one of the rookies that we um, we picked up this season as well. Um, so it seems though you're giggling there, Chris. Um, what was your pick of the the, the rookies this year? Um, I think early on you would have said Fuller, but then I think it finished on Akers, so it, which I think is pretty much how how it works for a rookie, isn't it? It, it? Some can come and hit it early and and then just settle into the, their game and then. I know Akers had a, had a couple of injuries, but out of the two, I think Akers is the one that's kind of cemented his place going forward. Um, so I think he would probably be the standout one for me to the fact that he sort of worked his way into it. Excellent. I mean, I, I ring-fenced both Cam Akers and Jordan Fuller, to be honest, as, as both sides of the ball. They were the top rookies. I mean, I think going forward, Van Jefferson has potentially the most upside for us, uh, particularly with Matthew Stafford um, coming into the fold. But um, I think so. And to be able to be targeted in the playoffs as well, I think shows the trust in him. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chris, I'm sorry, Rob, do you want, do you want to come in on your, your rookie review of the season? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Chris said there, actually. For me, I'll be honest with you, I, I actually thought Jordan Fuller over the course of the season maybe just pipped it for me. And as I say, yeah, it's, it's a toss-up between maybe Cam Akers and Jordan Fuller for maybe who had the best season, rookie-wise. Um, I, I just felt Jordan Fuller, you know, he, he was able to beat out Taylor Rapp, you know, right away back in pre-season, although Taylor Rapp was actually dealing with some injuries. But when Taylor Rapp was, was fit and well to come back onto the park, I think, I think Jordan Fuller had showed us, you know, that, that he, he was able to hold down that place, you know, that uh, that, that, that starting safety role. And as I say, yeah, he dealt with some injuries during the, the season as well, but, but but came back, as I say. And, and, and for me, I think he just, he just picked, pips Cam, picked uh, Cam Akers and were, and were better rookie. Um, but again, you look at Cam Akers, I think he, as you rightly said again, Chris, was the opposite, you know, as you see, a bit of a slow start. Um, as you say, then, some, then a, a spell of injury, um, but finished really strong. And I think you could see laterally in the season you know that, that he was he was becoming the preferred back. You know when Daryl Henderson was also available as well. You know, um, so yeah, certainly those two guys are the two standouts. And um, we, we saw wee glimpses of Van Jefferson. Um, he didn't look bad um, by any means. The, the only one we concern I have about Van Jefferson is is that you know v- very similar skill set to um, Cooper Cup. So a guy that works maybe better out the slot, and that's that's where his, his kind of attributes lie. You know, maybe more in towards route running than actually maybe kind of stretching the park. So I, again, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of how they how they tailor him into the offense. Um, but again, you, you saw flashes to think you know you'd want to see a lot more of this guy certainly. Um, the, the other guys, the only other guys I would really mention is to say that we didn't see an awful lot of uh, Terrell Burgess. I think uh, I read earlier he, he only actually suited, uh, suited up for five five games, um, but only played two snaps out of those five games, so we didn't see really much of him. And I think uh, Bryce Hopkins was the same. We didn't see an awful lot of the tight end, Bryce Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So. 
Um, Sam Sloan, you know, he, he didn't last long. You know, we, we talked about it in some of the podcasts. You know, that I think the misses were starting to mount up, so they were. But uh, I think all, all in all, looking at it, uh, you know, the draft class from last year, I think that I think there's some standout guys, and I think some re- some real uh, kind of reason to be all, uh, optimistic on them. You know, certainly maybe Acres and Fillers, as they being the pick of the bunch. Excellent, Aaron. Do you want to come in there? Um, yeah, well, I'd add to really because I pretty much agree with the other guys is that Fuller got injured during the season as well. Um, he only played 12 games. So, yeah, them two really on both the offensive and defence are probably the standouts for the rookies. Uh, Jefferson could be, I mean, he showed promise, which is good. I mean, they're all, all three of them are sort of, I mean, Akers and Fuller may be a more star-studded, um, whereas Jefferson is more of a sort of reliable sort of guy to have in there at the moment anyway, considering our receiving uh, team. Um, but, he may replace Reynolds, who's, I know we're going to go on to the free agents, but he potentially could be going. And I know Reynolds was almost supposed to step up for Cooks' role, you know, dangly bloke, go up, go deep. I know Jordan said uh, on previous podcasts that you might not have that same um, same skill set as Cooks had, so that might be why they didn't do it. And we don't know where, how Stafford's going to play. It might change slightly. Maybe he will, you know, go deeper more. And we need someone a bit, a bit more who's not a slot receiver, but someone who can go go get it further down the field. But um, no, that's it, really. Just a few cut of thoughts. I'm, I'm I'm slightly concerned with Rob's comment that he thinks that Jefferson's going to replace my Cooper Cup, and I, I'm going to have a little bit of a, a weep after this. I, excuse me, Tony. <laughs> I, I did not say that. I did not say that. What I said was there's certainly a similar skill set there, so there is. Um, but he's, he's certainly no Cooper Cup at the moment. <laughs> uh, you may not have said that, but that's what I heard. <laughs> Don't mess with Coop. So I'm sorry. Oh, can you imagine if there's a trade request from the 49ers and Cup Tactics and the 49ers. Oh, don't even go there. Oh. Yeah, kick them over the edge now. <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad this is an audio call and not a video call, even. <laughs> moving on. Moving on swiftly. Very swiftly indeed. Most, most improved player. I, I was going to go for Darius Williams. I mean, he had a good season with us um, in the 2019 season, but I think the way that he, he kicked on, and I think he got four, was it four interceptions by the end of the season. I, he's my pick for the, for the, the most improved player, I think. Um, I, I'm going to pick on Aaron just because he's been mean to me just now. But um, yeah, yeah. Aaron, what, what are your thoughts on the well, most? You know important... what? Up until a couple of seconds ago, I didn't have an answer for you. Um, but out of nowhere, um, I'm going to go with uh, Floyd. Although he wasn't with us, he uh, potentially came off of his worst season um, uh, with the Bears. And uh, he had a standout season with us. And again, he's someone we're going to have to think about trying to keep but uh, whether it's likely is uh, another thing but yeah he had a off the edge he had a, uh, a lot of success I think he, he's much improved from the previous season not so much with us but uh, career wise yeah no it's a good call because with, with, with the Bears he had three sacks and then I, I remember actually the celebration when he hit the 10.5 sacks which meant he got a million dollar bonus was it mm-hmm. yeah tough life in it good call good call Rob 
I'm, I, I agree with, 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 with what both guys have said there. I think Darius Williams, you know, was the forgotten guy in the Marcus Peters trade. So great to see him get his opportunity last year and play terrific. Um, I, I think, again, you know, depending what happens with Troy Hill, as I say, he could certainly move up that depth but yeah, an exciting young player, uh, and, and good to see him produce last year. Absolutely, what you said, Aaron. You know about uh, about Leonard Floyd. As I say, it certainly has had his best season, and I think a guy that really um, capitalised on guys like Aaron Donald. You know, monopolising two and three blocks at a time, um, and certainly had his best career start-wise. Um, but I'm going to throw a curveball at you here, and I'm, I'm going to pick an offensive player um, because I, I think he had a very very solid season, and nobody's talking about him. And I think it's time somebody should. I'm actually going to actually go for Austin Corbett down on the offensive line. Now, this wow. is a guy actually, yeah, yeah. This Big guy is getting some love. <laughs> the guy is finally getting some love. This was a guy that was drafted um, at the high end of the second round uh, three, three, four years ago by the Browns. Um, he was taken 33rd overall by the Browns. And I think there was a suggestion then that the Browns had reached for him. As I say, and there was a lot of question marks over, you know, was the, was the guy worth that higher draft pick? Um, certainly things didn't develop for him, as we know. Uh, the first season and a half, I think he was with the Browns. Uh, they played him at guard and they played him at centre and things just didn't click, click there at all. Um, and as I say, all the people that were saying initially, you know, yeah, you've reached for this guy, you could have got him much later in the second round, certainly, seemed to be proven right. The Rams took a chance in this guy and the Browns were actually quite happy to recoup a fifth round draft pick for us. Um, and as I say, I think since joining their arms. I think he's quietly been a solid player and has again improved massively last year to just quietly getting the job done on that line. And as I say, I think for me, one of the most improved players in the team, and I don't think getting enough credit for having played a very good season last year. Excellent, excellent call there. Um, Chris, have you commented yet? No, I haven't. Crack on. I've got two on both sides of the ball no, no. because I'm because I'm last and that everyone else has had to go. No one can say either way. So, on the offensive side of the ball, and it, again, could be a little bit of a curveball because he probably doesn't get as enough mention, but he has probably helped the offense maybe more than what people think is Tyler Higby for me because he's a little bit of an unsung hero. He, he makes some good catches and he was targeted quite a lot this year. And it was something that we were all calling out for, for that extra receiver. And previous year, we maybe looked at Everett, but I don't think Everett, with obviously injuries, potentially that he had, had a year that he'll probably want to remember. But for for on that, Tyler Higby, for me, because he's got that, he's a big guy, he can take, take the ball a little bit further down the field and run over people. So for me, he was on that side. And on the defensive side of the ball, I'm going to go for SJD. Sebastian Joseph Day. I think for him to sit where he sits, where you've got Aaron Donald and then Brockers, I think he is definitely the man in there that sort of knits it all together sometimes, potentially. And he's, again, an unsung hero on that line that probably doesn't get the plaudits that potentially he should get. Excellent. No, good call. You've obviously done some research there, sir. While you were all talking, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, multi-tabbing on multi-screens. Excellent. <laughs> um, which moves us swiftly on to the coaching changes during this <laughs> off-season. If anybody now, wants to take a break here, we could be here sometime. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to dwell on this too much, apart from I'm going to run through this, so... Brandon Staley has gone from our defensive coach to being the Chargers head coach. 
Joe Barry has gone from being assistant head coach here and linebacker coordinator to being the Green Bay defensive coordinator. Shane Waldron has gone from assistant coach here to being the offensive coordinator at Seattle. Liam Cohen has gone from our assistant wide receiver coach to Kentucky to being their offensive coach and QB coach. Andy Dickerson has gone from being our assistant offensive line coach to Seattle. Aubrey Pleasant has gone from our. I can't. I, I, He's a backs coach. Yes, but where's he gone? He's gone to um, Lions. Excellent. Yes, thank you very much. That's passing uh, coordinator. And we've lost two of our front office to Detroit. Um, John Bonamigo has left as well, but I didn't get a note of where he's gone. Anybody? No. Nope. Okay. And Aaron Cromer, over the last two days, has left as our offensive line coach by mutual consent. So that that's a heck of a lot of changes. But for what, just uh, go on that last one, his son is still employed from what I read. I believe that to be true as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can take this two ways. Uh, the way I'm taking this is talent will always find opportunities. The other way you could take it is, is there a problem in the coaching room? Which perspective are you taking, Aaron? Well, mo- well, I know it's probably standard when this happens, but most of them are promotions, um, yep. which, you know, if someone offered you a promotion, you might take it. Um, I think most of them have been there a few years at least, a piece, uh, apart from Staley, mm-hmm. uh, who, let's face it, is a head, head coaching job he's gone for, and he hasn't got to move town. He's going to San Diego. Nice. I think what's interesting is that, uh, no, I think it's more of a, I don't think it's anything... I mean, McVeigh. I mean, unless he's like an absolute nutter behind the scenes, like he seems too happy-go-lucky to not get on with. I mean, there might be like professional um, friction. I don't like the way he's running things, maybe, but he's a nice guy, sort of thing. But I think this sort of job where you have to move on quite quickly if you want to move up the ladder, and that's that's the way I see it. I think what's interesting that didn't. Oh, our offensive coordinator was going to move to... Was it Chargers trying to get him as well? Yes, I think they were. But Because it was a sideways move. They were able to sort of reject it, I think. Mm-hmm. So at least he's sticking around offensively because it looks like we've lost... Well, we've lost... Uh, uh, did you say Andy Dickerson? I did. Yeah, so he's run, he was a run game coordinator and we've lost uh, uh, a quarterback coach in Shane Warden and pass coordinator. So... Um, and an assistant quarterback coach in Liam. So there's quite a big change there, it feels like, to the offence. Just to sort of throw in on that, though, is that a conversation that may have actually already been had? And again, this is me speculating. But is that a conversation that could have been had with Matthew Stafford for the fact that those coaches don't fit where he and the, and the team want to take it? Good call. I don't know. What would, what would what would what Stafford said? I don't like those guys, or or it doesn't fit what McVeigh wants to take with the team. They were they were the guys coaching Goff. Well, to be fair, yeah, the, the offensive was um, underwhelming, and maybe he just was happy to let them go. Yeah. yeah, from what I've seen from McVeigh, and again, it's very difficult from what you see on TV and 
what we've seen from hard knocks and everything else. But you don't see that that Lesney and that they, and excuse my friends, take much shit. <laughs> and that they don't take any sort of mither from anybody. It's kind of, it's very decisive. When they say they're going to do something, they do something. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I think that it needed, if you're bringing in a new quarterback and you're going to maybe look at doing some things a little bit differently and you're putting all your eggs in one basket, theoretically, on that, potentially that's why the coaching changes needed to be made. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Rob, any any comments on the coaching changes there? I, not an awful lot to add, actually, Tony. I, th- I think you guys covered it there. You know, nine does seem quite excessive. Um, but I think, to be honest with you, you know, that really short of the, the, the defensive coordinator change and certainly the special teams coach change as well, it, you tend to find that quite often the kind of under coaches do tend to shuffle around a little bit. You know, I think if coaches show any kind of real promise, other teams come in like vultures. I think that's just part and parcel of the league, so it is. Um, but yeah, I have to admit, you know, certainly kind of nine, nine shuffles in an off-season does seem a wee bit more than usual, doesn't it? it, Can, it, it sorry, Tony. Go on, Are we now fully clear of the Fisher coaching staff? Oof. I, I, I don't know. That took a little bit of research because that is that the other reason? I don't know. Um, again, were some of those people around in that era and it's that kind of finish that off? I'm not... I don't know. I mean, I, 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 to be honest, I mean, the, the more both... Chris and Aaron talked about it there. I'm of the opinion that maybe the change from Goff to Stafford has instigated and been a catalyst for these changes. And they want to make a bit of a shift in how they play the offence. Um, that's crystallised in my mind over the last five, ten minutes. This um, is unfortunately why this is mine and Aaron's last podcast and we've now been employed by the back. We are now front office staff. Is that right? Yeah, we're moving to LA. We're, we're yeah. on the same wavelength as Sneed, but thanks for everybody. Appreciate it. I'm assistant <laughs> assistant to the head manager. <laughs> assistant to the assistant to the assistant of. Manager, there's, yeah. there's probably plenty of them. <laughs> I'm in charge of boot shine. Excellent. <laughs> well, cl- cleat shining, perhaps. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. One yeah. day. Uh, <laughs> one day. Um, one of the things that we did say we was going to talk about today, and I'm going to look for one-word answers before we move on to the questions from social media. Will the London games go ahead this season? Aaron? No. Chris? Yes. Ooh. Rob? Maybe. <laughs> you just say one-word answers. Maybe is one word. And I'm going to say no as well. But I mean... Um, Chris, why do you think yes? I I, I just don't see it. I, I, the, the because I think they've got to. Really? Um, and I think it's dollar signs and pound signs that will make a, a decision on that one, unfortunately. And, and I know the owners have um, given the green flag to that 17th game, which I think will be a neutral venue and will yeah. rotate between... A, a, it will be an AFC-NFC game. Um, and I, I can see the, those games rotating between, you know, places like Oklahoma City, St. Louis, London, Barcelona, Berlin, Dusseldorf, etc. Um, I, I don't, I don't see China or Australia. I think, I think from from figures that have came out in the last twenty four, forty eight hours, this year's Super Bowl was the most watched Super Bowl ever on UK TV history. 
Really? Yeah. So they have, the market and within the UK is growing so much bigger than anywhere else outside of the US. I just think it's it's getting to that point where they're going to have to do it because otherwise they're going to lose that momentum they've already got. Um, I, I, I do and, agree that there's a lot of momentum with the London games, but I yeah. think I think I think that fan base is there. I mean, I, I I've been a season ticket holder at Wembley Stroke Twickenham for five or six years now. I'm I'm losing a bit of love for actually attending those games. I, I I just want to go to Wembley to see a game, to be honest, and I would prefer that to be the Rams. I'm mm. not interested in watching Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus New Orleans Saints. I I don't really want to go to those games. I want to see the Rams play. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. I, I I do see it happening. I think we are in the position again speculating this world the the, the last 11 12 months we've lived through I don't you really predict anything but from what you hear across the world most people or if not all adults will have been vaccinated at that point completely so in the whole scheme of the world international travel should be back to normal will I think you will probably see that will be around the time of where you will probably start to get people entering into stadiums again. So I think it might be in the perfect time for it to actually come back in. Excellent. I wonder if they do, though, whether they'll limit how much activity you get on outside. But like you say, if everyone's back today... Well, the outside bit's probably the easier bit to do than it is on the inside. Well, yeah, I mean, I know you can separate seats like at one, every other seat or whatever, but outside it's just like trying to get a beer or yeah, you know, yeah. doing the yeah the NFL experience and going up to the trophy. It's all crammed, isn't it? Pub. So, being very published. Pub. Being, uh, well, yeah, there is that, but political, but this is where all your, your uh, vaccine passports come into play, isn't it, to actually prove you've had it and you can't attend unless you have. Simple as that. Excellent. Well, moving on there, I think I think what we're going to do is leave the free agency and draft conversation. I think that's worth a podcast a little bit nearer the I time. Um, free agency starts March the 17th, and I know that Chris has got a, a couple of um, aces up his sleeve for some potential podcasts during the off-season, but we'll keep that under wraps for a little bit now anyway, unless you want to drop any hints there, Chris? Um, there will be there'll be a couple of specials hopefully coming. There will be one from a UK TV presenter uh, that is within the NFL, in the NFL family, shall we say? Uh, and then there'll be one hopefully from over in the US as well. Exciting stuff! I look forward to it. Thank you very much, Chris. Um, so. We didn't put any questions up on Twitter, but we do have a number of questions as we move towards wrapping up from from Facebook. Um, Ian Woodley seems quite keen. He's posted three questions here. I'm going to let's have a look. Um, end of the end of the nineteen and beginning of the twenty season. Tyler Higby was great. Where did he go? Was it you who was talking about Tyler Higby there, Chris? Yeah, I think he was one of my most improved players. I think he was—he definitely was being able to be one of the targets, and I think he's shown that he is definitely the the, the tight end for us. Excellent, um, Aaron. You can take the second question. Am I the only one worried about Cooper's 
Cooper Cup's knee and whether he can last the season. Should you not really take that one? I should well, take that one, <laughs> but uh, I'm going to give it a hospital pass to um, Aaron. Uh, what is the question again? Should I be worried? Should we be worried about Cooper Yes, Cooper I think we should be worried. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, he came off the injury. He's had some problems with it. Not, granted, it might not be the exact same issue, but um, yeah, I think it's unfortunately it'll be one of those things that's going to be a problem for him going forward. Okay. And, and more of a front office type question to Rob here. Um, if we fail to put together a side good enough to make the Super Bowl due to dead cap money, which is an assumption, will Sneed be made accountable? Ooh. Ooh. Well, there will certainly be calls out. Uh, I think actually recently uh, Les Sneed has came out actually in one of his, one of his comments recently was um, that cap can be manoeuvred. So yep. me personally, I, I actually like the new aggressive Rams. I, I like their aggressiveness towards the 2018 Super Bowl run that we had. I like their aggressiveness now, you know, uh, bringing in Matthew Stafford. I think this is a team now that is, was potentially maybe just one or two players short of a very serious run at the Super Bowl. I, I, I like the aggression. Yeah, we've given up the draft picks. Yeah, we're trying to kind of shimmy around the, 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 the cap. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I prefer this than the Rams of old, where it was trying to build through the draft, you know, trying to do things a bit slower. Try, I think this is much more exciting. And yeah, it could cost us a little bit down the road. But to be honest with you, I, I, I like the gamble. I like the aggressiveness, 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 aggressiveness of it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I th- <laughs> and and I think I think this I think this is the way to go. I think it's a much more exciting approach. And I think to be honest with you, yeah, there will be some second guessing maybe later in the day. But I think I think bring that on for hopefully some success now. Excellent. Jam today, no jam tomorrow. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I mean, a little bit as well. I wonder how much is Cronky putting the pressure on because these, yeah, you know, the big shows next year is in yep. his house, um, yep. and it is his house, not you know. Um, so you know, it's I want to do what Tampa did. Let's yeah. win it. It's not a bad shout. Uh, it's not a bad shout. That most definitely. So Ross Ross Marsh on 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 Facebook has a one word answer from everybody. Please, do you see Van Jefferson having a big year with Matt? Matt he's put Matt Stafford, but Matthew Stafford, please. It's Matthew. It's it Matthew. is Matthew uh, at quarterback. Rob. I think, yeah, I think Saturday, I, I hope we don't one. lose Josh Reynolds in free agency. I think that's a thing. That's, not, that's not one word, that. That's that, not one word. I think we'll take that as a yes, yes. Aaron. Yes. Yes. No. <laughs> no? Well, I can't really go on more than that. Can I ask for one-word answers? You don't see Van Jefferson having a big game. I know, I think he'll have a solid. I think he'll have solid. We're going and we haven't been given the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think he'll have he'll have a respectable season. I just don't think it's gonna like the way you phrased it. It's gonna have a you know fantastic season. Okay, okay, and and, and Chris, yes, excellent. I I, I do. Uh, that's the answer you wanted, by the sounds of it. It is. Yeah, that's the answer I wanted. <laughs> just just feed me your correct answers, well, please. After after the original predictions of the season, I think I'm starting to be a little bit more negative, okay. rather than my natural optimism. Just stick with me, gents. You'll be there. To be honest, guys, my first answer to that game was going to be maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Again. (laughs) Get off the fence. (laughs) Most of the other questions we've got here are to do with the draft and free agency. And I, I dragged up the list of free agents. And we're looking at Floyd Blythe, Brown Hill, Everett McQuaid, Bortles, Derek Rivers, Fox, Johnson, Reynolds, Ebercombe, Munt, 
Shelton, Williams and Howard. Oh, my word. This we is have why lo- Les Snead is a genius. Because? because 75 or 80% of them will have a Rams jersey on next year. You think? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, Save nice. that thought until we do a free agency and draft podcast in a couple of three weeks then. Yeah. Um, so... Those and another questions. one to throw in there. Oh. We, haven't, we haven't used the franchise tag for a couple of seasons. Ooh. You just watch that. Ooh, interesting. That would be a good call. Um, what I do want to do as we, we move towards the end of this podcast is make a shout out to um, everybody to actually look at the LARams.UK website and look at the new merchandise that we have with Silver FX and New Ola. Everything from T-shirts to polos to um, customised jerseys in the LA Rams UK style um, Wiki Wiki Wah. Um, <laughs> so hip. <laughs> I'm so old. I'm so old. I did, did I carry tired, it off? It's gone past your no, you did it. So you get delirious. You did it, mate. I think it was good. Thank you very much. Um, I may have had a little drink this evening, um, but this has been immense fun to have four of us on this conversation this evening. Does anybody have any final comments before we close and wrap up this podcast? I just wanted to wish Jared Goff well. I think, you know, you see what you get from Jared Goff. He's a very good complimentary piece to an offence. I hope he finds that in Detroit. Excellent. That's a really good comment, Rob. I, I, I do wish Jared Goff well in Detroit. Um, I know it's been a bit of a, a mismatched franchise for a number of years recently. Um, but, you know, as always, I think we always keep an eye on ex-Rams players. I do hope he does well there. Aaron, any final comments? Well, I just want to uh, same echo. Good luck to golf, and uh, if he finds it in him to compensate me for my jersey, I would much appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 the word is us. Compensate us. Yeah. <laughs> Reaching, is the, word, Reaching <laughs> is the word, gentlemen. Reaching is the word. Just me, mate. Just me, Joe. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, as I keep saying, don't buy any other jersey than Aaron Donald, and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> but no, nothing else for me. Stay safe, everybody. I think the lesson to be learned here is that only buy Hall of Fame potential or current players' jerseys um, and throwbacks all the way. Thank you to Throwback <laughs> Joe for my Tory Holt um, throwback jersey. And I'd like to thank both, well, everybody from Chris to Rob to Aaron and for everybody out there who might be listening still after 50 episodes of the Los Angeles Rams UK podcast. Good night. <laughs>